Cancel culture is real. CrossPolitik is on the front lines of this battle with the goal of creating a Christian television network and platform where we can't be canceled and where content creators will have the freedom to glorify God. Our goal is to create a space for like-minded businesses to thrive on this platform and to reach an audience that will not only buy your products and services, but also support your business when the heat of cancel culture comes your way. We want our platform to help you create an anti-fragile business as we bring together Christians from all over the world to tune in. With millions of downloads a year, access to DirecTV, Xfinity, and social media outlets, we are excited to partner with you. So, if you own a business and believe in this vision, then you need to call me. I'm Garrison Hardy, and I am the business development rep at CrossPolitik and the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We are looking for businesses, large or small, that not only have great products and services, but also understand that the cultural battle that is impacting the business climate here and now. I have a background in marketing, and I'd love to help you advertise your business on CrossPolitik. Give me a call at 208-792-1290 or email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. Politic Midweek Fix. It's Wednesday already. This is the real Midweek Fix. And it's, and it's almost the middle of October, which is actually kind of yeah. crazy. And it was snowing today in Just Moscow. A little, bit, little, little flurry. <laughs> Just saying. Pastor Toby, Chuck Knox, I'm the water boy. It's good to be with you guys. We got Delano coming on here in a minute. But first, before we get there, what? we just, Delano coming <laughs> on. There's in a something before Delano? Yeah. Uh, I told you he doesn't follow his notes. I'm. Okay. <laughs> I, you do you. do you. Will you step off? Because I'm introducing the show. You do you. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, we. Um, it's been like this in the studio all afternoon. I don't know what's going on. As you guys know, we've been canceled off or suspended from YouTube um, until November. I actually had. November 22nd. This last exact. week, I've had a lot of people actually email or message us about it. Apparently, it's just now coming even more. <laughs> people are like, more more <laughs> so, like I haven't seen it's you for a couple weeks. three weeks since, yeah, since I watched your weeks. show. Like, politics <laughs> withdrawals. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're not on YouTube. So the best way you can really grab us is really on the app, Fight, Laugh, Feast app. Get on there. But you can also catch us on Facebook, Rumble, um, Edify app, which is kind of a Christian podcast network, too. Oh, that cool. we're on, okay. you know, uh, that uh, Pure Flix is, yes. is right. So on. hold on, I'm, I'm really slow. You said you you said it really fast. Facebook Rumble, Facebook our app. Rumble, or our app. Uh-huh. You can go to any app store and search Fight Laugh Feast That's and correct. download the app. Get it in, and then and, and there's a and there's a yep. live button on there. Yeah, where you can watch all our shows. You can click it on right now and go live with us right now. That's but, it. actually, uh, yeah. But we also mm-hmm. have um, there's also just the recording, the podcast, That's and right. you can get that in any podcast catcher. But also we have in the the, app also. the podcast yeah. in our mm-hmm. app. Okay, sorry, I'm just kind of slow and. Wanted to so, review that. Yeah, yeah, no. So, hold, so, hold on, Delano, we coming. We go, coming. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> go ahead. You, you were saying. Um, uh, well, I mean, you got anything else to add? Because, like, I mean, I was going through it very quickly, and Toby needed he was me to going slow down so fast. <laughs> you excited so, about this show, Knox? There I you am. Go. I'm very excited about this show. <laughs> yes. I also wanted to say I've got something too. Okay. I also H- hold on, Bishop. <laughs> we don't get to you in a second, Bishop, Bishop Delano, Bishop Squires. Uh, I just want to say, like, look, if you really want to help us, um, become a club member. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously, I mean, I, I mean, it, every club member. Um, uh, an angel gets its wings. No, yeah. not a yeah, that's right. But we, um, but seriously, we're trying to grow this. We want to have a bigger spread. We want to have a better app. We want to do all these things, yep. and um, that's just one of the ways that you can um, you can help continue yep. the love. And they Amen. can't. And club membership can't be canceled. Like YouTube can't cannot. cancel the club members. That's right. That's right. Come on that's now. Right. That's right. Hey, with us uh, today. W- w- one second before you. I just oh. want to check and make sure <laughs> this works. Oh, you got them ready to go. Okay, I just okay. It, I was oh. just testing it because since we had Delano on, I just want to make sure it worked because I know he go he liked to. 
You know how to use it. Anyway, go ahead. You can introduce Does he preach? Well, we're about to find out. Okay. Hey, Glow Squires in the house. Well, mostly in the house. Electronically in the house. Uh, He is uh, the CEO of Civitas Group. Civitas. All right, maybe. I don't know. It's Civitas. I was going with the Latin pronunciation. Yeah, but we Americanize that all the time. Uh, Civitas. Okay. Uh, Scholar at the 1776 Unites and contributor at Fearless with Jason Whitlock at the Blaze. He's also husband, homeschool dad, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, and a brother in Christ. Great to have you, Delano, on Cross Politic. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Honored to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Hey, is 1776 Unites, is that kind of like the 1619 Project? Good question. No, 1776 Unites is actually uh, a project from the Woodson Center, which was started by Bob Woodson. Yeah. Um, mm. It really... Is a is a counter narrative to 1619. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, the purpose, of, the purpose of 1776 Unites is to to teach and talk about American history honestly, and particularly when it comes to race, but to not talk about it as if uh, black folk are perpetual victims. So we focus a lot on on uh, victory and you know, overcoming adversity and those types of things, as opposed to a narrative that says the black experience is just slavery, Jim Crow and, and oppression. So, right. um, so yeah, it's, so some of the scholars involved, the uh, uh, professor Glenn Lowry, professor John McWhorter mm. is Bob yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. So, Owen uh, Hughes. Yeah. Man, I, that's man. That's awesome. I, I, how many kids do you have Delano? I have three. Three. Yeah, five year old, a three year old, and an eighteen month old. Hey, oh, they sound young. You baptizing those babies? <laughs> so I, I know you all talk about this a lot. Honestly. I ain't nothing but the devil right there. Yep, yep. <laughs> that ain't nothing. It, it's because he hasn't baptized his babies. I'm open. Hold on, hold on, Delano. You, you got the, the the spirit and the power that of the airways shut you off, so you got to start again. <laughs> You were saying okay. something like yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the babies haven't been baptized, but um, I'm a person that's fairly new to you know reformed theology. Okay. So if you all want to give me some homework in terms of Ooh. how Presbyterians make a draw a direct line from from the scripture and you know mm. the position on baptism, particularly for for people who have not professed belief um and how that relates to baptizing children i'm be more than willing to take that so have your children professed your family you said have they professed our family yeah in terms of are they squires you're my daddy are are your children squires have they professed your family okay so that's it so then you just hang on after the show we're gonna have a long talk toby's actually Toby just booked his flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be out there in a couple days. We'll be, I see y'all already have the water. Just keep it ready. Uh, right. Oh man! So we we made a list of things, Delano. We want to talk to you about, yeah. and and sure. we're just gonna we're just gonna I don't know hit everything we can. Yes, we we just we were excited to talk to you, and and uh, really appreciate all the work you're doing. So um, we're just gonna jump in right to the deep end. Yeah. Um, and I just the thing that we really wanted to know is. Um, what would John Gruden, formerly of the Raiders, have to have done to get you to fire him? Oh, mm. that's a good question. Um, for me, I'd probably say be a terrible. Gabe, you just see this ain't nothing but the devil. No, nope. <laughs> nope. I just hit hey, a button. Is hey. it, are you back, Delano? 
I'm, I'm here. I never left. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, see, Gabe sabotaged uh, you, so we didn't hear what you said. Do it one more time. Sure. White so, people. <laughs> um. So, so for me, it's fairly straightforward, right? If if he was bad at the job I hired him to do, I, I would fire him. Um. If he uh, disparaged, you know, if if he did things in his current capacity that were termination worthy, I would terminate him. I wouldn't terminate somebody for things that they said in private communications a decade ago that uh, were leaked to the media in the course of a, an investigation into a third party. So um, that being said, I knew he was going to be resigned. I mean, there's no way that the Raiders are going to weather that storm. And you all know that once, you know, one shoe drops, then another shoe drops, yep. then they hold it, send the whole shoe store. And then the next thing you know, <laughs> it's only it's a matter of, yeah. Uh, when, not if, a person resigns. So, I, again, I'm, I'm not defending the language oh, sure. you know, in the emails, but um, the process is what I have a problem with. And, and as a Christian, I just ask myself, is everyone ready to, to be held to the standard? Mm. Um, and my, my answer to that and my sense nope. is that most people are not. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You got Richard Sermon yeah. who Go beat ahead. his girlfriend during the summer and he's playing in the league right now. You know, you got um, if you if you think about it, Delano's point is that he did these emails back in 2011, um, and apparently, kind of some emails since then. He had naked pictures. He's emailed naked pictures of a, of a woman around in between. If if I hired a guy to let's say this happened in 2011, and here we are in 2021, and I'm hiring him, well, I better already know his character. Yeah, because that, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the problem is. Um, I don't think his character's probably changed from 2011 to 2021, and they hired him. And probably half the locker room got his emails, right. or or at least are doing some sort of well email exchange with naked women or whatever. Well, to, and to the longest point, yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if you actually pull up all the emails of all the people in the NFL browser history, I mean, come on, yeah, let's I do mean, it. Come let's on, do really? It. Like, I mean, yeah. you, you you think you're gonna you're gonna find a bunch of pure, um, you know, no. saints saints <laughs> yeah. in the NFL? Right. That's right. I, I doubt it. Hey, Delano, do you think – would you have told him that he – because he resigned, but would mm-hmm. you have told him, like, hey, man, maybe you should fight for this? Like, say this was back – would you encourage him to go out there and be bold and fight for this and not just to capitulate? I, I guess it depends on who I was in his life, right? If I was his best friend or his brother. His best black, black friend. There you go. <laughs> Named it. Um, it I, I would say, look, you, you, can, you can fight this. You know, stand on your two feet, but it'll only work if, if you're really resolute. Um, if you know you're going to waffle, you might as well tap out now. Some guys, it doesn't matter how much you throw at them. They're not moving. Yeah. And I don't know if John Gruden is that person. And he may have read the moment. He may have said, you know what? The Raiders are not going to have my back because that's the other part of it. Right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's, not, he's not self-employed. This is he may have said. You know what? I'm not stepping down, and the Raiders organization may have said, "Oh, yes, you are." It's just a matter of whether this is framed as a resignation or is this framed as a termination. So yeah. I think either way, the the franchise would have taken action, and he would be out of a job right now. And see, that's where I, that's what I'm kind of getting at is because I'm watching this whole thing happen right now with Dave Chappelle and Netflix, and mm. and, and this is brilliant to me, and it kind of you kind of bring Kyrie Irving into this a little bit too. But watching Dave Chappelle over the last few years, he's been setting this thing up. And now he has the CEO of Netflix out there fighting his battles 
telling mm. people we're not going to uh, yeah. cancel Dave Chappelle, period. Yeah. Dave Chappelle said Because there, we spent a lot of money. Yeah, well, Dave Chappelle <laughs> cast his check, right? Yeah, yeah that's and right. And he, he done said things a lot worse than Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's, that's Straight right. Straight up, like Dave Chappelle. I mean, I mean, how many times on a special did he say, yeah, I'm transphobic? Like, I mean. <laughs> he just straight up said it, like I, three times. He done said lots of yeah. worse things. And, and, and Netflix is up here backing him in one sense. So, uh, you know. There doesn't seem to be, and Dave Chappelle is fighting. So he said worse things than Gruden. He's yeah. up here fighting against the cancel culture. And he's got the CEO of Netflix. And he's got the CEO yeah. of Netflix That's backing him up. Yeah. Yep. Where's the, where's the Raiders general manager? I mean, there's, there's a lot of different dynamics going on, right? One, I would say this I think there's a difference between, you know, comedians and head coaches in terms of what the public expectation of those those positions are. Okay. I think people tend to assume that comedians are going to push, you know, push the envelope. They're going to be edgy. That's part of the reason that we actually watch their specials. Whereas you you assume that a coach or someone in a position of leadership is going to, you know, uh, speak in a more, um, I don't want to say conservative, small c, but just be be more mindful and and be more circumspect with their speech, right? Well, but he but just be fair for a second and not defending mm-hmm. Gruden's position. Mm-hmm. Is he not acting and talking like a head coach? Come, I mean, we're yeah. talking about football. We're talking <laughs> about mean, football, though. But, but a big part of it is again, he wasn't even employed by the league at the time. He was an ESPN employee. That's right. Sure, right? So, but but we all know so, him as a coach, though, right? He talking like sure. a coach. But but I think. Because um, because I think I think these two there's a lot of issues to unpack here. Right? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll say this. So so I, I wrote a column for the Blaze that went up yesterday on basically how John Gruden fell victim to cultural Darwinism, hmm. and the, the the central point is this: in the age in which we live, corporations are into social justice ideology, wokeism, whatever you want to call it. I mean, full force. They're a hundred percent behind it. Right. Um, I'll give one quick example. When the Equality Act was up, uh, you know, for vote in in Congress, in the House, I want to say every, if not every, the vast majority, if not every Fortune 500 company signed off on it, right? So anyone who thinks that big business is, is, you know, a bastion of conservatism is is not paying attention. That's right. They are totally sold out to social justice ideology. Wow. And John Gruder from his emails sounded like a dinosaur. He sounded like a guy, and again, he wasn't employed by the league. He sounded like a guy who just, from the culture's perspective, did not evolve. Hmm. And when he used his email in that way, which I would characterize as recklessly, it's one thing when you're on text, but when you send an email into somebody's organization, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, FOIA, there's discovery, there's all yep. different reasons why I would yep. do that. And that that was that was the the corporate version of culling the herd. You know, when you watch, I was telling my wife this yesterday, you know, when we would watch, um, what was the show on MTV? Jackass. And mm-hmm. You see these yeah. guys jumping off a roof and they break their leg and you say, well, you know, well, <laughs> if, you know this, is, this is what happens when people do, you know, crazy stuff. <laughs> so, preach, so, preach so I, but, but I'll say this, that was John Gruden. The point of my article is that everybody who works in corporate America is going to feel that. Yep. So when they come around, whether it's in June with the pride flag or after George Floyd was killed last year, and they say, "Hey, um, we're we're putting up uh, BLM stickers on on all the uh, cubicles," and and you see everyone else has one, and you're just like, "I'm not down with this." 
you're going to feel the pressure to conform. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you may find yourself, um, you know, soon departing that company. So, so, so I think that's part of it. It's the Dave Chappelle piece. Yeah. I'll say this. Um, I was somewhat surprised the Netflix CEO had his back, but they had to know what, what they were getting into with Dave. He, he said some of the same jokes, the last special. Yeah. What I think is interesting is that here in that special, I felt like Dave was straddling the fence a little bit too much for my liking. But I understand he doesn't come from my perspective. He doesn't share my worldview. I'm I'm of this position, right? Um, I don't think, I think people who genuinely suffer from gender dysphoria and they can't accept the body that God gave them should be handled with gentleness and compassion. I'm saying this as a Christian. Right. But the activists who are pushing an agenda for political purposes should be given no quarter. That's my position. Yeah. At 100%, 100%. all. 100%. Hey, are you going to give him an organ or not? I mean. <laughs> what, come well, on. No. What I, okay, he, he get the organ. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, preaching, preaching. Keep on so, preaching. <laughs> so, I, so I'll say this. I'll say this. I, I looked up. I don't know if you all, you all heard when the thing came up. There was uh, um, the showrunner for the for the show. Uh, dear white people, yeah, right. Who's a white transgender woman? Basically, a, a white male who believes he's a woman, right? Said that he's going to boycott Netflix. Yeah, I did some research because I said this is interesting, right? Most people went with the angle of why is a white trans guy running a show called Dear White People that's about the black college experience, but that's not even the most interesting thing. That person on December sixteenth, twenty twenty. Had a picture up, looking just like me, bearded, shirt on, whole nine yards. Four days later, that person had on a you dress. Said it was white though, right? <laughs> yeah, they have on blackface too. Blackface <laughs> transgendered man. <laughs> but but four days later, yeah, they had on a dress. Oh, they went from Jack to Jackie. They said my pronouns are she and her. Mm. And my point, um, you know, and this ties in Dave is. We are supposed to act like this person, one, is is a woman, and we should treat this person as a woman, even though four days ago they were dressed like a man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So my problem is that in our country, we are so obsessed with race that we treat what actually is a social construct, as they say, that is completely fluid. Yep. Right. Yep. A person who was uh, mixed in 1806, maybe mulatto in 1906 and Lacking. black in yeah. 1916. Yeah. Quadroon in 1926. So we treat what is fluid as fixed, but we treat what is fixed, what has been a reality since the beginning, since God created male and female, yeah. as completely fluid. So so I get what Dave Chappelle is doing, right? He's a comedian. I don't expect him to speak like a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I think the issue for, for everybody else, and particularly for believers, is to is to not be be moved by the by the notion that just because enough people say that male and female is not real. We need to jump on that bandwagon. So, um, I mean, so that, that that's my take on on, on Chappelle, mm. his support, and where I think Christians should should figure in all this debate. Preach, preach. I think I think I agree with you about about Chappelle um, kind of straddling a line that I yeah. think I wouldn't want to straddle. But I also I think that the the brilliance of of his Netflix special was he was able to maintain his transphobeness um, as they would see it. Right, uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and and at the same time, ending his special by saying we're all human. Yeah, right. And that was like how he got there was really good. 
and he kind of even used a, a story of rela- a friendship that he had with a transgender person to to get there. Right. Um, and and so, but I I think my biggest issue is like I think I just. I, and I know uh, maybe I, just, I shouldn't even just have this expectation. There's just so much worldview stuff that's going on that Dave Chappelle is like he's like missing it at a yeah. fun, fun, found, foundation foundational level. That's that's yeah. to me though. What's so amazing about this is that you know everybody always talks about Martin Luther King and like oh man Martin Luther King he, he was horrible. I, and I, I I get it like they always FBI. saying he's horrible. Yeah yeah oh, yeah. Okay. And you know and, I thought and, they always thought he was great. Well no no. There's a lot of people in the reform world that have a oh, huge okay. problem with Martin Luther King and and, and I get it because he's a womanizer. Well, all the stuff okay. all the stuff he got a lot of things you know his theological dissertation all that stuff like he's got some things yeah. wrong but 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 he was the one that actually got a lot right. Yeah. When the, the people who should have been leading the charge right. weren't. Right. That's that's part of the con- the condemnation right. of this. And yeah. the same thing that I see with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. With right. Dave Chappelle, the condemnation isn't that, oh, he's a perfect. No, no. He's, he's, left, he's the perfect representative. He's the only one. He's the, <laughs> and he's the one who's actually moving the Overton window to yeah. a place that's right. where Christians can jump through it. That's and right, that's right. that's what that's what's bothersome to me. If there's anything yeah. that irks me, it's like Dave Chappelle's our hero. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dad Gummit, him. Well, but but he. The thing is, is that he like what that the thing that I haven't actually even seen the special yet. Yeah. I'm just seeing. I'm just reading all the the re- reacts and everything, which is really and, fun and the, within itself. It is, and but the thing that I took away, and I told you this, and I walked in the studio earlier, is I mean, he doesn't care. Yeah. Like, it seems yeah. to me that there's like, that's what's missing in a lot of this is like, if you're going to be a Christian, you know, frankly, at this point, if you want to believe in math. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> right, we, I mean, right. boys and we're talking about boys and girls, you know, yeah, like right. basic biology, gravity, whatever you want to call it. Like, basically, you have to have a backbone now. Yeah. Like, you just have to have courage. Yeah. And that means when they come around with the BLM stickers, like you yeah. need to already have it settled in your mind. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'm not doing this. Right. I, I don't care. You know, that, I would let him put the sticker on my cubicle and then I'd put a sticker over it. <laughs> Just to, <laughs> just to have a little fun. Delano, I want to ask you something, man. I was, I was telling the guys earlier, I was talking to my, um, my wife's grandmother. She was 80. She passed away last year. And, um, but so before that, we, we did a little video with her talking about her whole life because we're like, Generationally, that she's kind of how, like, how old was she? She was 80, eighty, eighty years yeah. old, and so we didn't have any of the story. Nobody else has a story but her. So we yeah, put on tape. It. We wanted to get it, and we had her sit down and tell her whole story. And I'm letting her tell her whole story, and I'm, I'm going through it, making sure I get the details. And she gets to about the age of fifty-five, and she's left the South now, and she's now in Minneapolis. And why, as she's starting this new section of her life at fifty-five, I says, "Grandma, hold on for a second, stop." You've given me 55 years of your life, and not once have you brought up the issue of racism and prejudice in your life. You've brought it up mm-hmm. since you were a kid, since you were a baby, growing up in the South so, and all the family yeah. stuff. Where was the prejudice and racism in your life? And she looked at me and she said, oh, baby, they weren't going to stop me from doing what I was going to do. I wasn't going to let them mm-hmm. hinder me at all in any kind of way. I just kept doing what I was going to do. They ain't going to let nobody <laughs> stop me. Mm. Oh man! And I, I remember thinking to myself, did, did she like Randy Moss just start crying a little bit? She would have smacked the black off of Randy Moss. <laughs> <laughs> she would have. You, she. I'm not joking. Yeah, she yeah. You, kind because, of the way you were trying to smack him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> she would have because you know she was like, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna do what I need to do. Ain't nobody gonna stop me. And Delano, I, I was listening to that. I was like, man, we mm. are so soft now, just soft. as a people group, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think 
that that's a criticism of the West, generally speaking, yeah. of Americans, yep. and certainly with, with the added issue of, of race and racism, right? Um, certainly in the black community. I mean, super soft. I, I, I grew up in New York City, um, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Racism wasn't a huge thing, you know, but, but the neighborhood my parents moved to did have a lot of racial conflict as that community was sort of, you know, transitioning from sort of working class Irish Italian to seeing yeah. you know, some black families, you know, starting to move in. So for me, it's important to never deny our history, right? I'm, I believe in telling the truth and being honest, regardless of the topic, regardless of who, who may get offended, right? So I believe in, yeah. in having that equal standard applied across the board. But we're at a point now where life in, in America is so good that people have to make up racist incidents and they have to contrive, you know, they, they like the whole Randy Moss stuff. It's like, you're crying because of an email that one guy sent to another guy about a third guy <laughs> a decade ago that oh, didn't man. have anything to do with you. That's right. So, so for me, it, it, it's, it's, it really is disappointing to see, you know, where the state of masculinity, generally speaking, as I said, in, in America is heading. It, it's one thing. And, and, you know, I, I, I engage in cultural commentary. I, I may criticize the, you know, Big time, the little Nas X stuff and yeah, yeah. the way that the culture celebrates him. You expect certain things, certain things from your queens, right? Actual or the ones who imagine that they are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But when but when your kings are weak, the kingdom is in trouble. Huh. And when you have grown men, right? And again, I, I can say this because I, I, I come, you know, I've been black my whole life. <laughs> For the last 35 years, and I said, and I, I, I criticize hip hop, hip hop culture, gangster rap a lot because the things that you reward, you get more of. That's right. All you guys are parents. You know that. Yep. Right. The, the incentive structures are very clear. They've been this way since the beginning of time. Like baptism. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I hear guys from from, you know, guys of a, black men of a certain age who act as if they're so sensitive about words mm -hmm. and who will then go get in their Range Rover and put on whoever, Meek Mill, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, whoever, and listen to people promote violence between black men, mm -hmm. degrade and disrespect black women and promote drug abuse among black kids. And then they turn around and say the emails that John Gruden sent to, you know, the, the the Washington you know Redskins president about Demar Smith make me want to cry, but the things that the people who look like me put out in our in my culture make me want to dance. There's a problem there. Ooh, oh man, there's a problem there. Ooh, so, man. Ooh, you you, bro, that 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 went super hard. Um, I, oh, we don't have a whole lot of time. I I want to get to this because it's kind of important. So, Delano, you got sure. some more time? Yeah. I, uh, okay. Let's do it. Let's um, go. Let's go. You know, one of the things we were talking about this with Pastor Toby over here, and he he brought up something that I thought was really interesting. Um, the the homosexual movement has kind of come in and made everything brittle. Mm. You know, Pastor, how'd you say that? Well, I was trying well, to figure yeah. out the, well, the words yeah. that you, you actually, said. You actually wrote this great question, and I was I was joking with you before because I was I actually had to read it like three times earlier because <laughs> I was I'm, the question he was going to ask you, Delano, was has homosexuality eaten the Trojan horse it rode in on, and why? 
Did, mm. did you? Did, he, did they send you that question? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, that's, but that's a great question. But, but I was thinking, I was like, wait, wait, wait. I had to read it like three times, and what's, I really, what's the and, Trojan and, horse? and I'm like, oh, the Trojan horse is the civil rights movement, right? Because because that's what the home, that's what the whole gay movement. It's like it's coming in saying like we're the next minority, and, and, you know, and you know we're, you you know just like you gave. Uh, we, you know, civil rights to the, to the blacks. Right, right. You need to give the civil rights now to us, and now, of course, let's move on down to the trannies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, but um, but it, you were talking as we were talking about your grandma. Yeah, yeah. And about how um, it, you know her toughness. Yeah, her grit. It actually, in a in a sense, it was just like I don't know what your friends or an uncle or somebody who told you like you 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 could actually see the grit of a country. Yes, by the mm. grit of, of the, the mi- minorities, the, by the minorities that are which, there, which was, and by a grandma, and, and a grandma, <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah. but it, it struck me as like so, in a certain way, like th- I thought that was really interesting because like she's even though no doubt mistreated, no yes, doubt sure. um, prejudice and so on, yeah, she's dealing with it. But she she knows that the real center of her culture, and I mean the whole culture, yeah, American, yeah, American culture, culture, is is something that's tough. Right. And it's, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't be bothered with this. Well, then, you know, when, when civil rights comes along, you know, despite, you know, we could have all kinds of political conversations about the wisdom of all that or whatever. But yeah. nevertheless, there was a sense in which it was like, we want to do right. Yes. We want to do right. Yeah. And, and there, and there was, it was legitimate. Like, right. let's, let's stop, let's stop treating our brothers and sisters disrespectfully. Yeah. But when you take something then it, that's not the same, this goes back to your point about the difference between tranny and, and, um, and, your ethnic background or the color of your skin. Yeah. And you substitute that in and you say, now this is going to be, you know, this is how, this is going to be the center of our culture. Yeah. Um, yeah homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. Ra- rather than bringing in um, this grit, this, this, this strong, this strength of character, which is what we did in the civil rights movement yeah, yeah. In, in the best sense, Man. right? We brought yeah, in the strength right. of character and said, no, mm-hmm. these black brothers and sisters, they stand with us. We stand with them, yeah. right? But what are we doing in, in the in the gay movement? First Corinthians, soft men. We, we brought a bunch of queers. Yeah. yeah. We just got canceled again, didn't we? <laughs> um, we, we, brought, we brought softness. We brought yep. Malakoy. We brought sodomites. Yep. And we put that in the center. And there's nothing more fragile mm. than homosexuality. That's um, right. Too. And and we I mean uh, we we are in the process of instead of bringing in the strength of character, we're bringing in the so- the softness and and uh-huh. how can you how can you not and the malleability of, of that's our what, uh, that's what I mean it's know, like completely trans culture fragile and softness yeah. you don't stand for anything you don't have a backbone because right. you might be a girl tomorrow yeah that's yeah. right mm, mm. Like, like you that's really good Toby jump in there Delano if you feel like get it. it yeah 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 for sure. It, it, it's interesting though, because because um, going back to Chappelle for a quick second, mm-hmm. um, he said he said something to the effect of like I prefer them old school gays because even back then, <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, yeah, these were these guys would come out of the bathhouse and they would they would be brawling with the police who were trying to you know break up whatever they right. had going on at the at you know Stonewall or whatever. Yeah. So I just I just think American society in general was tougher, right, more hardy grittier a generation ago but it definitely has gone soft i think p- part of that is you know what you said i think part of it definitely is the influence of feminism and i think one of the things that that most people don't think about is the impact of feminism on men mm-hmm. they think about it in terms of the impact of feminism on women because they see obviously feminists see women as a target audience mm-hmm. but even talking to some men mm-hmm. um and some of this has to do with how men view uh, marriage and view their wives and their households, guys who 
if I say to them, hey, man, you know, you can homeschool. Like, you know, if y'all want to do that, you can do it. No, nah, man, my wife wakes too much. Oh, oh. oh. yeah. So her, so you're her weak primary already. value. Yeah. So her primary value is as a wage earner. Yeah. So you're cool with her working 10 hours a day to enrich and increase another man's empire. Yeah. But but not the one in your own house. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So but but I want to get to your question in terms of the Trojan horse. Yeah. Has it eaten the Trojan horse? Yes, definitely. The problem is most people don't even realize it's a Trojan horse. Mm. And there's no better organization that captures that than Black Lives Matter. Right. Oh, OK. I don't we don't need to do the whole caveat, of course. Black Lives Matter. No, we, we know that. Right. We yeah. know we're all created. In I, the made, image of God. I made seven of them. They, they matter. <laughs> right. So 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 I know the audience knows that. But. The Black Lives Matter organization, which was on my radar for about good four or five years, um, I was tipped off when an organization that says that it's for black people says that it's against the nuclear family. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's something wrong there. Right? That's right. There's something wrong there. Right? That's right. But but for anyone who took the time um, to read their key principles and they have 13. And I did a word search. I did a word search on police. Nothing. Violence. Nothing. Father. Husband, man, nothing. But when you look at their principles, queer affirming, Mm -hmm. trans affirming, Mm -hmm. women affirming, and the ones that have to do with the black family completely erase the the black father, the husband, all of that. And and it it, it erases what it means to be a black man in the image of God. Mm. It just erases who you are. Correct, correct. So it was clear to me that um, BLM... And, and I've used I've actually used this phrase It's like was completely a Trojan horse. Um, if you were paying attention, you would know that. But the problem is the people who have the biggest microphone in, in our country, the, the advocacy media and even and to be quite frank. And I figure we're going to go here. So we might as well. A lot of, you know, big Eva has was completely missing the boat. Yep. Um, asleep at the wheel. Um, I love what Pastor Wilson said on one of his blog and may blog entries when he talked about he was compa- comparing the different types of watchmen. Yeah. And some mm-hmm. of these people were completely asleep on the job. Mm-hmm. So they they're the ones who open the gates and welcome Black Lives Matter, not the organization, <clears throat> yeah. but that worldview right. into the church. Mm-hmm. And they are so compromised. And that is why if you go to a lot of these, the past some of the pastors I'm talking about, the ones who talk about, you know, woke church and, and social justice, this and, you know, moving away from biblical justice, they can give you an entire dissertation on how white conservative Christians felt about the Civil Rights Act of 1964. But they are completely silent on what the church's stance should be on the Equality Act of 2021. That's Ooh, right. Man. Because they are compromised. That's 100%. Completely compromised. So, mm. so yeah, I- that, that, that Trojan horse is in the camp. And I mean, it's it's running, it's what? running wild, and you know. Before you, before Gabe, before, before you, I'm going to take it real quick. But yeah. I, I want to say also, we we forgot, we weren't paying close enough attention to the civil rights movement either. Civil rights movement. Martin Luther King's speechwriter was a homosexual who knew that they were trying to get in themselves. Yeah. But they knew that the culture at the time wasn't ready, so ready. he they put aside yep. their position right. Yeah. Right. to try and help blacks get there. And what they're doing now, this is like being in Las Vegas. They are cashing in their chips. And yes. boy, yep. we are paying out oh, more than we have equity to yeah. pay out on that That's whole right. situation. Right. Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, Delano, 
Um, we've already talked a little bit about this. Um, you know, um, Jason, our friend Jason Whitlock, he mm-hmm. says that, um, you know, pastors and comedians are the, are kind of the problems in our culture. They are the ones who had permission to tell us the truth and they aren't doing it anymore. Uh, it's what is going on with the church. The church is fragmented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you kind of fit the church in this conversation with, um, uh, kind of the moral bankruptcy of, you know, kind of the NFL and Gruden and relativism Mm. and, uh, you know, maybe kind of talk through that. I know it's kind of a big question, but where's the church at fault in all this? And and, and I wanted to take a a step back, and this is, you know, completely, you know, there's a lot of synergy here. My my thing is this, right? I've come to learn some of the criticisms that, that, you know, um, some reform folks have of Dr. King in terms of his theology, I completely get it, right? Yeah, yeah. But if Joe Osteen was able to deliver an end to abortion in this country, I think a lot of conservative Christians would say, you know what? <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. We'll yeah. take the win. Yeah. We yeah. can criticize his theology all we want. And yeah. sure, of course, there's a lot to criticize. That's right. But we will take the win. Come on so now. I, I don't expect to ever have sort of, you know, uh, perfect messengers. But I, but I think the church's role even in the midst of wanting to see society uh, move in a direction that is more God honoring is to ask itself, okay, how are the things that we are saying and doing adding to the unity of the body, not the body politic, the body of Christ. And I think too often what happened and where we are now, particularly, as I said, with big Eva is that, um, it seems to me that many of the pastors don't believe the book that they hold every Sunday morning because they are forming arguments based on works of sociology, right? They are twisting scripture and stretching it. I mean, sometimes it is like they took Gumby to a hot yoga session by the time, you know, they, they work out. Gold. Oh, wow, hallelujah. How, how did you get there? Um, Tripology. They, they, right. Exactly. Um, they, they affirm what they should rebuke publicly. Um, they, they take on the arguments and worldview of people who hate them. Like, I I can't believe how influential the work and worldview of Ibram Kendi has become Uh. in, in the church. Some of that, I think is obviously, you know, obviously he's, he brought over Jamar Tisby and, so a lot of people who are Tisbeites are now Kendians. Mm. But even though, but I'll say this, at least I respect the fact that Kendi is clear about what he believes. Now, he doesn't actually believe what he believes, but he's clear when he says what he believes. He talks about liberation theology. It's clear that he doesn't know anything about biblical theology, but I respect Kendi, and I'll say this, I respect the black Hebrew Israelite guys in my church more than some of the folks in Big Eva, because at least they'll say the white man is not getting saved. They'll say that <laughs> publicly. Yeah, right. Now, right, right. Instead of believing it privately, they'll say, no, I don't No, the Edomites. No, no, they're not going to have it. Now, obviously, I'll say to them, look, <laughs> when the Bible says all, it means all. And they'll say, no, 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 no. Uh, th- th- that's not what it means. And and they try to they, they narcissist. <laughs> themselves and, and America. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's a good word. But 
but at least they're open about what they believe. What we have, right? We have second and third tier black Hebrew Israelites who want to, right. to engage in a syncretic religion of that, of a sort of hyper ethnicity mixed with some, you know, Christianity mixed with some popular sociology. And we package it and say, Oh, this is what racial justice is. I'm like, get it from the Bible. That's all. If you show me in the Bible where it says that the black man has one standard of justice, the white man has another, the Asian has another, and the Hispanic man has another, then I'll listen to you. Mm-hmm. But Big Eva is failing completely at its job to train and equip believers to deal with the issues of the day. I'm not saying that 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 pastors have to spend, you know, every Sunday talking about political issues. You don't even have to do that. You, all you have to do is a, apply the scriptures yeah. to the things that we see going on. And a lot of times some of our biggest and most you know, popular pastors aren't doing that. Um, just biblical literacy would change everything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just sure. biblical literacy would. Right. Okay, Doc, doc I, Bishop, I'm sorry, Bishop. I, um, <laughs> I, I spent another. I, <laughs> wait. No, that's, no, 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 no. that's John MacArthur. He's the evangelical <laughs> pope. Um, listen, I, I, before we go, and I, I, I got still a list, but so we'll have to have you back on another time. Before Absolutely. we go, okay. I want I want to know as you're because you're looking at the landscape of culture, you're seeing this whole thing play out. Mm-hmm. As you are looking at looking at this, and if you had to pick a place to plant your flag for the the battle of the next generation in culture to win it, where would you put that flag at, and what would you do? Mm. That's a good babies. question. I, all I have is good questions, Bishop. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if I had to plant it anywhere, I would plant it firmly in the heart of the the public education system. Um. I was, you know, I went through public school for all but two years. And so, and when my wife and I got married and she floated the, the idea of private school, I said, no, I'm a public school guy, you know, this, that, that, and the next. And then we had kids and then we started looking for schools. I'm just saying saw, real quick, let me, let me just stop uh, you. If, if I'm dating a woman and she wants to put my kids in Christian school, that's a good woman. Yeah, yeah, like you know what I'm sure. saying? Like we're sure. just dating, and she's like, "Hey, Mrs. Squires, for the win." Yeah, Mrs. Squires, she's like, "Hey, we aren't even married yet, and we're doing this." Give her high praise from us. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll do. But but again, my my mind was so warped, yeah. and my my world. I, I spoke like a Roman because I was trained by Caesar. Ooh. Right, I didn't know anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So so when we started looking for schools, and I saw how influential like the social justice stuff was both for the administrators and in the classroom. And I saw that schools were taking BLM's 13 principles and turning them into resources in the classroom and that they were introducing kids as three years, as early as three years old to transgenderism mm-hmm. and being non-binary. Mm-hmm. I said, whoa, this, this is a problem. And I think um, a lot of Christians don't really know what their kids are learning. One of the benefits actually of, of one of the, and I, I don't want to sound flip, but one of the benefits of, of COVID is that yep. parents got to see what the kids were learning. Yep. And that's why you've seen homeschooling skyrocket. Yep. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because now they, they, they see it. And now you see the parents raising a, um, you know, a righteous ruckus at some of these school board meetings. And I think many of them, they get it now. They realize our children are under attack and that the way that the attack is going, it, because you know, the, the, the left, I'll just be, be frank, 
is looking to recruit a new class of soldiers. That's yep. right. And every soldier has to go through basic training. Yep. And 10 hours a day for 180 days a year for 12 years is plenty of basic training. Yep. So when Christians send their kids to public schools for, tw- for 12 years and then one semester on the college campus, the kids come home and they say, I hate you and everything that you taught me. Yep. You, you should you should know that, you know, you you fed them into the mouth of the beast. So you shouldn't be surprised when they when they come back this way. So, yeah, I, I would focus on education, which I define as equal parts, scholarship and discipleship. And for people to ask yourself, do you want the pink haired, non-binary, 24 year old who's never held a job, teach for America graduate, discipling your children? And if you do, then you'll you'll get what you get. But if yeah. you don't, you, you need to start thinking about some other options. Man. Delano, how do people follow what you're doing and where can they follow you at? Yeah, I mean, they can see me. Uh, I'm on Fearless with Jason Whitlock on The Blaze uh, like twice that. a week, typically Tuesdays and Fridays. I have columns twice a week, typically Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, they can follow me on social media um, at Delano, D-E-L-A-N-O, Squires, S-Q-U-I-R-E-S, one word, on Twitter and Instagram. So that's why I tend to do you know, a lot of my commentary. Uh, I have a, a day job, so I try to you know, be mindful of the things that I do. They might have to let you loose, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> you just I'll came on cross politic, man. I, I said, yeah, I said I'm just saying. no, I'm just saying you might, you know, there might be some other things you might need to be doing. So, you I, know, I, I, I hope so. Cause yeah. so, somebody ratted on me the other day. My supervisor called me. <laughs> Delano, thank you, man. Appreciate you. Thank brother. you guys. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate, appreciate you. you. If you're single, getting married, if you're married, have kids. If you have kids, do like Delano's about to do. Go baptize them That's until right. Sunday. <laughs> Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight. Laugh and feast. This is cross politic. How old are those kids again, Delano? We going just wondering. American colleges have become more hostile to the faith of young Christians than the beaches of Normandy were to the Allies. Literally. Undergraduate training wasn't always a death trap of unbelief. Once colleges were boot camps for body, mind, and soul. Now most college students spend their days in tax-funded adult daycares with all the intellectual rigor of lazy rivers, safe spaces, and complimentary condoms. And in our recent COVID faux-pocalypse, those daycares became prisons almost overnight. Cover your face, line up for your shot, stay in your room, but don't worry, the condoms were still complimentary. At New St. Andrews, you are not on vacation, you are not in daycare, and you won't be herded into a dorm. From week one, you'll be treated like an adult. You're responsible for paying your own rent and developing your own grocery budget. Or going hungry. Get a shot, or don't. Mask up, or don't. Most of our students even work part-time jobs on top of the 40-hour class workload. It's part of the anti-fragile hustle and grind that distinguishes our graduates from the majority of their own generation and that employers and graduate schools love. Most college graduates in the U.S. are stuck paying off loans for years. New St. Andrews sets you up to graduate debt-free and dangerous, ready to pursue grad school, family, or business opportunities in the real world without any reliance on pork subsidies from Mother America and with no weepy need for safe spaces. The real world isn't a cushy place. No one owes you success. You are entitled to exactly jack squat in this life. But rich or poor, unlike your face or your freedom, your job or your business, an education and the ability to think clearly can never be taken from you as long as you are still above ground. Not by petty tyrants or cowardly clergy, not by thoughtless mobs or lab coat megalomaniacs. 
At New St. Andrews College, you'll learn from teachers whose ideas equipped men and women to build Western civilization in the first place, and which will be used again to defend and rebuild what has been lost as the West has faltered into decay, losing her faith and her mind. Yes, most of our best teachers are dead. But our classical Christian liberal arts education is how we've been graduating thoughtful, articulate outlaws and leaders with spines for the last quarter century. The intellectual and theological bedrock beneath the Judeo-Christian West is what you'll study, engage with, write about and own. It is what you will debate in class and present in public as you learn to live like forbidden fire, surrounded by the darkness of unbelief, manifesting God's truth, goodness and beauty to all who live around you. Training like this can't happen over Zoom. At New St. Andrews, we believe whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of real or virtual fools will suffer harm. Your peers shouldn't be your spiritual leaders. You should have a real flesh and blood in-person church for that. NSA is in the heart of downtown Moscow, Idaho, where you will witness men and women building Christendom on every corner. Where else are you going to be able to break bread in your professors' homes, debate great literature with them while their kids are playing? Sing psalms while being arrested with them. Catch turtles with them. No one comes to NSA to get lost in the crowd. You might be able to hide in a graduating class of thousands, but our classes are better measured in dozens. You will grow in this program or you will tap out. And when you finish, you'll be ready for life in whatever moments and scenes and struggles God may have prepared for you. We are training students who worship and march and study and fellowship and sing and write and start businesses and raise kids that no one can mask, cancel, or bury. We follow the King of Kings who knew the way through the mob and out of the grave. We fight to rebuild Christendom in the ruins, in our families, and in our businesses, in the cities where we live, in the countries where we go, in the congregations where we worship. Your mom may worry that Moscow, Idaho is many miles from home. She should worry more about how spiritually distant even a nearby godless campus is. After four years in a Christian community like ours, you will grow much closer to your family. Don't stay distant. Click the link today to schedule a visit to New St. Andrews College.